Hey, my name is PJ Nolan. I'm the lead pastor of Collective Church. We are a community of real people in Saline County, Arkansas, seeking to know God and to make Him known. We hope as you visit our podcast that you will find the messages inspiring, practical, but most importantly, biblical. God has uh, sent us a man today to bring us the word. Um, about a, nearly a year ago now almost, I started thinking about and praying about our one-year celebration service, and I really felt like the Lord had told me he didn't want me to be the one to speak at that, that he wanted you guys to hear from another voice on our one-year celebration service, and I'm okay with that. And Chanson Newborn Sr., had said, hey, I'll be glad to come preach at Collective Church, and I do believe that he's God's man for today. Sometimes we have our plans, and God has other plans, and I've learned to be okay with God's plans. And so, Chanson Newborn Sr., he is a graduate of the University of Central Arkansas in Conway, a graduate of Liberty University. In 2013, he planted Fellowship Community Church in Forest City, Arkansas, and this year he has transitioned into a new role at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention as a member of the church planting team where he serves as a church planting strategist. And so I'm honored to have him with us here today. He is joined by his awesome, beautiful family. I'm thrilled that you're here today, honored that you would stand here and minister to our church. So let's give him a warm welcome. Good morning, Collective Church family. Good morning, good morning. Good morning to all of you that are here and those that may be engaging online. Good morning to all of you. Uh, thank you so much, Pastor PJ, uh, for that warm uh, welcome. Um, it's, it's, it's an honor to be here to worship with you. This is an incredible, awesome, great church. And that the Spirit of the Lord is here. Worship was incredible. Um, the staff here were just wonderful. The hospitality was just awesome. And I'm, I am so honored and just grateful to be here this morning. Um, I want to bring you greetings this morning from Dr. Sonny Tucker, uh, the executive director of Arkansas Baptist State Convention, and, and the 1,500-plus uh, Arkansas Baptist churches that are worshiping in over 12 languages this morning. Amen? And so I just want... I just want to thank you for being faithful uh, in your giving uh, to your church and, uh, and your continued giving to be able to do missions through cooperative program in Dixie Jackson. And because of your giving, we are able to send over 4,000 missionaries across the world um, who needs your help in this time of COVID-19 and, and all of the different ministries that we're able to provide. Because of your giving and your generosity, uh, we're able to do those things uh, such as disaster relief and church planting, praise the Lord. And I'm so, I'm so glad and thankful that you are play a tremendous part of making that happen and seeing the kingdom of God advance, not only in Arkansas, but across the world. And I'm so appreciative of my brother PJ. I do remember, I do remember, I do remember that, that, that moment. Uh, but you, you do have an incredible leader. You do have, let me say that again, you do have an incredible, one of the things I do know about, about Brother PJ is that he, he loves people. Uh, he wants to see people come uh, to faith in Jesus Christ. 
Uh, he loved his church. In fact, um, every month there's a report that we receive in our, in our, uh, in our church planning team, and, and he, he's always bragging about collective church. He's always bragging about how you serve and, and your faithfulness to the ministry and, 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 and all the incredible things that God is doing in the life of Collective Church, and he's always bragging about you. And so I'm so thankful for his heart. I'm so thankful for uh, your leadership. I'm so thankful for your team and, and all the things that God is doing and how God is making himself known in Saline County and how God has taken uh, a group of 60 people. I think that's right. How God has taken a group of 60 people and 60 families and have gathered together to do a work here in Saline County. And I'm so uh, thankful for what God is doing. So uh, happy one-year anniversary. Happy one-year anniversary. So glad to hear about the baptism that, that, that are taking place today. That's what it is all about making a public expression of your faith in Jesus Christ, and I'm so happy to be here to, to witness that. And if I can invite your attention to Philippians chapter 1, Philippians chapter 1, starting at verse 27, Philippians chapter 1, starting at verse 27, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. The Bible says, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and I see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Verse 28, and not in any way terrified, by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. For to you it is, has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but to also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here is in me. I just want to talk briefly from this thought this morning, the mark of a great church. The mark of a great church. What makes a great church? Is it its size? Is it, is it the sheer number of members that are on the roll book? What really, what really makes a great church? Is, is it the the praise and the awesome praise and worship team. Is it is it the, the, the is it the the awesome um, students ministry? Is it the preaching and the teaching that comes from the pulpit? What what really makes a, a great church? Although all of those things are indicators of a vibrant, healthy, blessed church, Paul is going to help us this morning to discover four marks of what makes a great church. Here we have Paul. Paul was in prison. At this point, he, he faced a capital crime, and there was a strong chance that Paul might be executed. Paul, at this, at this point, did not think he was going to be executed, but there, there, was, there was a possibility that at this point that Paul was about to be executed. He really wasn't sure if 
he would ever see the good folks at Philippian, the Philippian church again. But as he sat down under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he began to pen this letter to the church. What, what would you say if you were writing to a group of God's people for the last time? This was one of Paul's churches that he had planted while on one of his four missionary journeys. And so naturally, he had some pastoral concerns for them that any uh, experienced pastor would have. Paul had an affinity towards his church. <laughs> he, he, he wanted this church to make a lasting impact even after his life had ended. That Paul wanted this church to make generational impact even after he had gone to be with the Lord. This was the attitude of Paul towards the Philippian church. And to Paul, the Philippian church was a great church. <laughs> Paul, Paul wanted them to remain a great church. And at this point, Paul, Paul begins to write under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He began to unpack some things to us and giving us indicators and markers of what it looks like to be a great church. Here it is. Here it is. The first, first point we have in being a first in a great church is a church is a Christian conduct or a heavenly citizenship. Let me say that again. Let me say that again. The first mark of a great church is Christian conduct or heavenly citizenship. Verse 27, Paul says, only let your conversation be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That word conversation, that word conversation or conduct uh, is used twice in the New Testament. It's used in Acts 23 verse 1, and it's also used in Philippians 1 and 27. Usually, usually, when the New Testament refers to behavior or conduct, it's used in a way to prefer or in a meaning to think that a person, the way a person walks and the way a person conducts himself on his day-to-day -day activity. But Paul switches the word up here a little bit in Philippians. He, he doesn't use the translation that he used, that is used in Acts, but it's used a different translation. Why? Because, because the reason here is very, very significant. See, see the, the Philipp, uh, Philippi was a proud Roman colony. In fact, it was famous as a miniature Rome. If you were in Philippi, it was, it was to be like a miniature Rome. It's a city, a, a city became a Roman colony only by demonstrating loyalty and service to the Roman Empire. And the citizens of Philipp, Philippi were expected to keep all of the Roman ties, to keep all of the Roman culture, to keep all of the Roman influences. But Paul used a different translation here. Not, not just to mean your conduct in the way that you act on your day-to-day -day activities, but more accurately, it's, it's translated to a person that is a citizen of a great nation. See, see, the Philippian church knew exactly what Paul was, Paul was talking about. And in, in, in essence, Paul was saying, you are a citizen of heaven. <laughs> Paul is saying, listen, you are a citizen of the King of King and the Lord of Lord. That you are a citizen of the Most High God. 
And that, listen, if you are a citizen of heaven, watch this, you must keep close ties to heaven. If you are a citizen of heaven, you ought to act like you are a citizen of heaven. If you are a citizen of heaven, you ought to bear the light as a person that's a citizen of heaven. That if you are a citizen of heaven, you ought to conduct yourself in such a way that you live for the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I know that I have some brothers and sisters in here that you can just lift up your hands to God and thank God that you are a part of the kingdom of God and you are a part of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Matthew 6 and 33 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Ephesians 2 and 19 says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. If you've placed your faith <laughs> in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, you ought to be thankful right now. You ought to be giving God praise that, listen, that you were once lost, but now you're found. You ought to be giving God praise that he has transferred you out of darkness and took his marvelous light, that you have been adopted into his family, that you are loved by the Father, that you are a child of the King. Is there anybody in here that can just lift up your hands and give God glory that you are a part of the King of King and the Lord of Lords? The first mark of a great church is Christian conduct or heavenly citizenship. Second mark of a great church is one that honors the gospel. <laughs> a church that honors the gospel. Verse 27, verse 27, Paul, Paul says, Only let your conduct be worthy. King James Version says, becometh. It says, be worthy of the gospel of Christ. That word becometh, another translation, worthy, means to fit, to correspond, to be suitable, to be worthy. That the believer's behavior is to fit the gospel that I profess. That, that the believer's behavior should correspond to the gospel that I profess. That, that, that the believer behavior should be suitable to the gospel that we profess. That no church and no believer within the church should bring dishonor to the gospel. <laughs> and I know that we are broken people. And by the grace of God, we, we should do our best to honor the gospel of Jesus Christ. That our conduct and our behavior, our walk should fit in such a way that when you see me, I hope you see Jesus. That, that on, on my job, you see Jesus. In the marketplace, you see Jesus. And I, every place that I go, in school, in high school, you see Jesus. In my conversations, you see Jesus. That in everything that I do, I should be able to demonstrate the love of Jesus. Amen. We, we often say that, uh, <laughs> that some, some piece of clothing is becoming to a person. See, Brother PJ can wear skinny jeans. <laughs> I 
<laughs> Yesterday I tried a pair, and it was very uncomfortable. There are some, we, we say that there are some clothes that, 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 <laughs> clothing <laughs> that are becoming to a person. <laughs> what we mean is that the clothing matches and it enhances the person's look and personality. Because if I would have worn some skinny jeans this morning, it would have been very uncomfortable and it would not enhance this worship experience. <laughs> But if we put on the gospel, we ought to wear the gospel. <laughs> Scripture declares in Colossians 3 and 8, But now ye also put off these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not to one another, seeing that ye have put off the old man, old deeds, and have put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. The marks of a great church are people who honor the gospel. And I know that I'm talking to some people, I'm talking to some brothers and sisters who are serious about sharing their faith, who are serious about telling people about Jesus, who are serious about living out, being on mission. In fact, some of you are here today as a result of somebody sharing their faith, as a result of somebody loving on you. Some of you are here today because somebody demonstrated the love of Jesus. Why? They wore Jesus and you saw it on them. Romans 14 puts it this way. He says, if we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or whether we die, we belong to the Lord. Why? Because I want my life to honor the gospel. And I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but I want my life to honor the gospel. Not only the mark of a great church is a church who has heavenly citizenship, not only is a church that honors the gospel, but the third mark of a great church is one that stands fast. <laughs> Say that with me, stand fast. Paul says in verse 27, he says, then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Remember, remember Paul was in prison. <laughs> he was awaiting a capital charge. And there was a chance he would be executed for this false crime. And he thought that he would be released, but he wasn't absolutely sure whether or not that was going to take place. And therefore, whether, whether he was able, he didn't know whether or not he was going to be able to return to the church or not. And he needed to give the church some encouragement. He needed to give an exhortation to the church. And, and he, he wanted the church to lean in a little bit to what the Holy Spirit had inspired him to write to them. And so he encourages the church at this point to tell the church to stand fast. At this point, he began to give exhortation and encouragement to the church to tell the church to stand firm. 
And it was essential that they would be of one spirit, that they would be of one mind, that they would be of one purpose, and that their focus would not be focused on what's going on around them, but their focus will be on the Lord Jesus Christ. That the world can be split and divided. The world, people can be arguing, bickering. We can live in a world that's fussing and feuding. We can live in a world that's warring and killing. We can live in a world that's seeking and grasping, but the church of the living God should stand fast and focus on the gospel. That we should stand fast and focus on Jesus Christ. That we should stand fast with one purpose, one goal, one mission. That we ought to be a unified church. It took a a year ago for a collective church to come together and band around a mission, a mission to, to be a church that models uh, at the, the early church and that you were going to be devoted to the scriptures, that you were going to, that you were going to, that you were going to uh, fellowship with, with each other and break bread and, and be devoted to the scriptures. And, and, and it, took, it took being unified uh, to the mission of God. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Colossians 1 and 10 puts it this way. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. The church must stand fast. And what Paul says in this text, that you should be striving together for the faith of the gospel. That word, that word striving is a word that gives us a picture uh, of, of an athletic contest. See, I love the Cowboys. <laughs> you going to heaven. I love the Cowboys. <laughs> Boy, we have haters here. I <laughs> love the Cowboys. And, and this, 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 this striving is a, is a picture of, of a team that's working together, <laughs> that they struggle together. They, they struggle against a strong opponent, but they come together in harmony to push back their opponent. I'm so glad that Collective Church has come together to push back an opponent, to push back the enemy, to push back darkness in Saline County. I'm so thankful for a band of brothers and sisters that have decided to come together to push back darkness, to reach the lost in Saline County, to make Jesus known throughout Saline County, to make, I thought I had some people in here that's a part of Collective Church that, listen, you have come together to strive together in the unity of faith to accomplish what God has purposed you to do. How are you going to do that? We're going to do it together. I'm sure Collective Church has had their share of obstacles. You have had your share of of fumbles, challenges, dealing with COVID-19 and the such. But I want to encourage you to stand fast on God's word. Doesn't matter what you face. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Stand fast on God's word. Here it is. A mark of a good church is a church has Christian conduct that honors the gospel, that stands fast and stands firm. But lastly and finally, the fourth mark of a great church 
is a church that's courageous and fearless. <laughs> Paul says, verse 28, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you, this is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that by God. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, it's, as a believer, it's, it's difficult living in a corrupt, hard world. People are always opposing and resisting the church. People are always mocking you on your job. People are ridiculing you in your neighborhood, insulting you on social media. But Paul says we are not to be terrified about the opposition. That even in the midst of persecution, God is at work. Even in the midst of what's going on right now, God is moving. Even in the midst of COVID-19, God is still saving. Even in the midst of, of division, God is still at work. And I am so thankful that I believe that Collective Church is a great church. That Collective Church is a faithful church. That Collective Church is an obedient church. That Collective Church is a kingdom-dedicated church. That Collective Church is a spirit-filled church. That Collective Church is a surrendered church. That Collective Church is a church that's committed to the gospel. That Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. My prayer for you is that God will continue to bless Collective Church, this church family, and that you would continue to be a gospel witness in this area as you continue to make God's name great. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for visiting the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you found the message to be practical, inspiring, and biblical. And by the way, if you're interested in learning more about Collective Church, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you enjoyed the message, hit the subscribe button. And if you'd be willing to, hit share and help us spread the word about Collective Church.